Welcome to Average Strength. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Duff. I'm Bill Coyne. Spencer Urban. That's right. Uh, we'll be your hosts for Average Strength. This is a podcast about strength training uh, for average folks. Uh, we're recording in uh, Crado Strength Systems up here in Evanston, right? Um, yes, we are. Yeah, very cool. This is Bill and Spencer's gym. Uh, it's actually a really cool spot. It's got a like an old... It used to be a car dealership or car mechanic? so actually there's a little bit of history to this this was um so the building itself is is now just a century old the built in 1907 uh originally as the the first tinker toy factory is what it was and then um they were only here for a couple of decades before they moved to a bigger spot and then um at least for the past 50 years it's been an auto garage uh, it's exchanged hands a couple of times but uh so we got a big bay door in the front nice big open space few thousand square feet of just uh, platforms, racks, bars, heavyweight, uh, sled, uh, a couple rowers, and uh, just all the stuff you need to get stronger. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and you guys are both starting strength coaches, right? That's correct. Great. Uh, I got my SSC almost two years ago. I've mm-hmm. uh, been strength training for a while. And then, Bill, when did you get I see. I got mine in February of 2016. So nice. After, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am just an average guy. These guys train me, actually. For the listeners who might not be familiar, uh, one of you guys wants to talk about what starting strength is and what being a starting strength coach means. Sure. So starting strength means a couple of things. First off, it's it's a book, Starting Strength, Basic Barbell Training uh, by Mark Ripito. Super a, liberal, super uh, social justice warrior. He is um, yeah, a life, lifelong member of the Democratic Party of America. Oh, interesting. Uh, I could have sworn he was part of the Communist Party. But. Uh, well, you know, he's, he's um, I mean, he, le- he leans pretty far left. You know? Sure, yeah. Um, uh, we're being super sarcastic because if you YouTube him, you'll immediately see videos <laughs> of him with the skeleton, yeah, a skeleton, a don't tread on me flag, and, a, <laughs> and a, some sort of weapon. Yeah, in, in, all, in all seriousness, um, uh, Rip, as, as he's known as... Uh, uh, pretty libertarian in, in all things. But uh, anyway, so it's we'll get back to the topic at hand. But so the book, um, Starting Strength Basic Barbell Training, is uh, primarily focused on um, how to perform the basic barbell lifts, uh, basic barbell exercises. So that's going to be the squat, the barbell squat, the press, uh, also known as the overhead press, military press, standing overhead press, uh, the deadlift, the bench press, and also the power clean. Um, the book also details um, what is known as in the internet largely as starting strength, which is the starting strength novice linear progression, or we just call it the novice program. And that's the program we put everybody on first time they come into this gym. It's a very simple program, um, very effective, works for everybody that we've had come into this gym, everybody that our colleagues across the world have uh, have used. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably, unbelievably successful, works for everybody. Uh, we've had... Uh, Kids as young as 14. People is our oldest client right now, I think, is 74. 74, yeah. Uh, 74. Uh, heart attack, a post heart attack patient as well. Um, story for another time. This is story yeah. for another time. I'm doing, there, I'm but, doing much better now, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it works for everybody. And we'll, we'll detail the program a little bit more. But um, what it means to be a, a starting strength gym is that, um, you know, it's, it's owned and operated by a star, at least one starting strength coach. Um, and everybody follows. Um, performs those basic barbell exercises um as the the center of at the center of their their training program whatever uh, under your guys's for. instruction right yep, like of course under, yeah under directly under the supervision of a, of a starting strength coach um following the starting strength novice linear progression following the list according to the model outlined in the book yeah and uh, uh probably about 98 percent of people that we train are novices we have a couple people that do powerlifting meets um but most of the people 
just about everyone we train is a novice. And like Bill was saying, we run, run them through that, uh, novice learning progression and, um, yeah, anywhere they, between three to six months on that program. Yep. And the basis of that is the first thing when anybody comes in is get them strong. And Absolutely. that's what the program does. Yep. And that's regardless of, of whatever the long-term goals. I mean, we have people that come in, uh, for wanting to lose some weight initially. Well, if you want to lose some weight, they, they probably come in here without any kind of background in, um, exercise, let alone strength training. And if they want to lose weight and they don't have any lean mass to, to cut down to, well, as soon as they start losing weight, they're going to lose all their lean mass along cut with down their fat. To their skeleton. And they'll, yeah, they'll cut down to nothing. So even if they, if they're a little heavy, they'll come in, we'll, we'll encourage them to still eat a good amount, work on getting stronger, building up a little bit of lean mass and muscle. And then after they run out the novice program, then they can start to cut down. Um, we even or, have some, some athletes, uh, a couple of people that are marathon runners, yeah, we do, yeah. We've we've even got one guy that's the training for an ultra his first ultra marathon. That's that's run a lot. Uh, like Spencer said, we work with some competitive powerlifters. We actually um, we have uh, three IPF Junior World Champions that train here, um, and one is just two weeks out from his last Junior Worlds because um, he's twenty three years old. So that's we the don't train there. them, but they train here. <laughs> but yeah. they, they do train. They do, they do train here. Yeah, and the uh, whole point in this podcast and why we wanted to do this podcast is uh, Bill and I. I think we've known each other for three or four years, and we were talking about how we just wanted to get the word out about how effective this method is and how simple and basic and no frills it is, but how it really just pays off. I know I was teasing Mark Ripito earlier about his Texas-sized personality, but his science is not politicized. It's really sound. It's really basic, and it's really fundamental, and it really works. And it works for the general population as well as it works for the hyper-specific, hyper-competitive, uh, hyper-elite athletes as well. So I know that I've been training with you guys for a couple of years. Uh, my father also trains with you guys, uh, yep, 61. trained him a couple of times. Yeah, he uh, he's still been running the linear progression, actually, for I think like a year and a half since he retired. But he... he on, on and off. No, he, what he does is he goes up five pounds a week rather than five pounds a workout, which uh, he, that's how he likes doing it. Um, I know. He's, I, I can only keep him. And it's working, right? It's working. Yeah, he okay. definitely yeah. is. Yeah. Well, there you go. yeah. Occasionally times I have to, I come home and I correct his squat death. But other than that, I mean, he's still <laughs> making a ton of progress and stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if it can work for a 61-year-old man, it can work for, you know, pretty much everyone, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, Brian, kind of like you said, that the point of, the, of this podcast and what we want to try to do is is – show the benefits of strength training for, for everybody. You know, this isn't, you know, starting strength gets, gets lumped in with the sport of competitive powerlifting simply because we have, we, we want everybody to do full range of motion, barbell squats. We want everybody to, to press and bench press. We want everybody to deadlift. And while those are, if you're going to be a competitive powerlifter, those are the events you're going to have to train for and, and be good at in order to excel in the sure. sport and, of powerlifting. And funny enough, those are the ones that, tend to be the best for just about any person. Well, there. and that's, and that's the point. So, so even though it, it, it's, it's not powerlifting, it's just strength training. If you want to get stronger again, regardless of what your goals are, whether you're just looking to lose weight, gain weight, whether you're training for some other sport, like you're even as for something where it, it might not seem uh, clear, such as marathon running, any kind of endurance event or for, Know, football players where there's there's a clear advantage of being stronger sure uh, this is how you get stronger is through big basic barbell exercises um, and very simple programs oh absolutely uh, i think there's an advantage to being stronger no matter what you're doing and we will talk about that too uh as ripito says in his book in his very ripito manner like stronger people are just harder to kill and that doesn't necessarily mean the context or the connotation of 
combat. It's certainly just, uh, you know, if you're, what if you're in a car accident? What if you just, you know, just a matter of surviving anything and, and being tougher and cancer, disease, anything. Yeah. Uh, hey, cool. So uh, let's just go ahead and introduce you guys real quick a little bit more about yourselves and, and why you strength train and how long you've been training and stuff too. Spencer Irvin. Um, so I guess I started strength training, like seriously strength training. Well, I guess I'll go back. So like seventh grade, I had some neighbors who drove me home from school and the high school I went to had a a powerlifting team. So they would let kids from different schools come there and train. So I got a very early start on like powerlifting. I never did a meet, but there's like a team I was part of kind of. Anyway, I was like a 115 pound kid, about five, six when I graduated high school. Very small. Um, I think the most I benched when I was doing that was like 65 pounds maybe. So huge. Fast forward. Yeah, big bench there. Uh, so fast forward, um, played played hockey my whole life. Um, There's a little bit of, I wouldn't call it training, but exercise going on, you know, for the sports that I played. Um, squatted a little bit, you know, just sets of 135 for 12 or, you know, whatever. And I think I was, was like one of the only kids that squatted on the team because nobody, you know, nobody likes to squat. They just like to lay down a bench. But anyway, um Went to school at Michigan State, um, and when I was there, I got introduced to a guy by the name of Chris Carisco. He owns Black Iron Training in Lansing, Michigan, and so I, I interned with him, and while I was there, he kind of informed me of what starting strength was, uh, basically just the, the big barbell lifts and, and why they are so important. Um, also, while I was at Michigan State, I was a athletic training major for a little bit. I always had aspirations of being maybe doing physical therapy, something like that. Um, and then being in the training room, I kind of saw these things that were being brought up. I guess this was five, six years ago, seven years ago almost, um, via starting strength as far as um, you know, PT being not aggressive enough, these kind of things. And so I kind of changed my mindset, uh, started doing an internship with, uh, at Black Iron, learning the lifts, learning how to coach them, running through the pr uh, process myself. And I think when I started this, I was kind of like a, I wouldn't say fluffy, but there was like some fat on me. I was about 140 pounds. Um, and so I started training with Chris. Um, we ran through the, the novice progression. I think, you know, I was eating everything in sight because I was somewhat emaciated um, and I kind of realized how beneficial this is and you know being underweight my whole life I decided to start eating a lot um, I would think at the time I was doing my LP I was drinking like at least a half a gallon of chocolate milk a day um, so uh, let's see I after that I was entering there for couple years I watched him grow from a, a smaller facility into like a like 600 square feet to like 2,000 square feet um, went to my first seminar in Champaign Illinois and the starting strength seminar for those of that that don't know which is where you go to uh, get certified if you want to be a starting strength coach um, went there failed the the platform of it um, but I learned a lot from that seminar took it back started coaching people um, and just realize, really realize like how effective this program is. Um, kind of like, like we said before, 
it's for everyone. So I, you know, I was coaching high school kids, which are really easy. You just tell them to just do the program and eat and they're not going to get hurt. Uh, but then there's, you know, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s coaching some of those people realizing like this is, this is changing their life little by little, you know, giving them a little bit more independence. Um, things don't hurt as much. Um, so I kind of took that path rather than doing like a, a physical therapy path, um, helping people that way. I, I thought this was um, something that there wasn't enough people doing. So I, I kind of thought that was a, a good thing. Um, so then after interning at Black Iron for, I think, two years, I attended a seminar in Virginia. Uh, that would have been almost two years ago now. Um, got my SSC credential. Um, in this process uh, of lifting, I now weigh about 200 pounds, a little over. So I'm uh, officially a full-grown male at this <laughs> point as, uh, as far as Riptoe is concerned. So, um, yeah, so I, I finished school. I contacted Bill uh, about a year and a half ago about uh, maybe doing something in Chicago, opening up a gym or because there wasn't really – there was just a couple coaches here, right? There was – Three coaches, but nobody owned a facility. Well, nobody nobody was even full-time at that point. Right. Yeah, a, um, lot, a lot of part-time co- coaches. Other yeah. coaches both had jobs. So drove up to uh, North Shore, kind of poked around, looked around, and we kind of saw the, the area and that it was a, a really good opportunity. Um, so moved here about a year ago. Um, worked out of B&W for, what, about eight months? Uh, Bill had been there for a while, and he'll – kind of elaborate on that but um yeah so we just started doing some group training stuff um kind of built up the business at B&W and then about four months ago we opened up this new space and things have been booming ever since um but kind of the the reason that I got into this was like I said before I think that this is just so effective that people need to be doing it um it's it can be life-changing for for older people and it can you know, give people longevity if they're, you know, in their 30s or 40s to live a, a longer, healthier, uh, you know, more fulfilling life. So uh, I think that's kind of my background. So I'll shoot it over to Bill. Yeah. So I got started um, with with strength training. Um, my early teens, I just started with, uh, you know, uh, my dad had a pretty simple set, weightlifting set from Sears with a pretty cheap bench that standard one inch bar with the small weights and I would just do workouts from men's health kind of body part splits very little involving the lower body a lot of benching a lot of curls uh the bench had a leg extension attachment that you could do a little bit of leg extensions on with a little bit of weight on it aside from that it wasn't doing any squats wasn't doing any any heavy pulling exercises at that point it wasn't until the summer before my freshman year of high school Right, uh, was a little more formally introduced to to strength training, some bigger programs, as during the summer lifting program for for football, and even as incoming freshmen, you were expected to to show up if you were going to play football to the summer strength and conditioning program, and got me used to really just just working hard. We got pushed really hard, and you know we're training outside in Texas in the middle of summer, hundred degree heat, eighty ninety percent humidity, uh, it just kind of sucked and t- taught you just to, to work through the elements, push through anything that's thrown at you. Uh, but you know, the program itself wasn't anything special and I put a lot of effort into it just because I noticed that 
the people on varsity, the kids on varsity that were getting the most playing time were also the strongest. They had the, everyone's personal records. Uh, you would test the lifts one to two times a year. I saw the guys that were squatting well over 300 pounds, a couple of guys even over 400 pounds. Those were all the guys that were all stay. They were the best players on the team, getting the most playing time. And I, my numbers were nowhere near that. So I thought to myself, well, I'm probably going to have to get stronger. I thought I had put in a lot of effort into, you know, the program that the was written for us at the high school, but didn't didn't really get all, didn't really get very far with it. Didn't get a whole lot stronger um, in the the year that I was doing it. And so I, I'm going to come across a article in a Men's Health magazine that my dad had about the competitive sport of powerlifting, and that led me to. Uh, a couple of names, a couple of websites where I found out about guys. You know, there's guys squatting a thousand pounds, and at that time, the biggest squat on the record board of the high school was 500, and I thought that was unreachable. You know, I thought that was inhuman strength. And here, there's this guy squatting over a thousand that they're talking about. It was just absolutely astounding. So I wanted to figure out, well, how do you do that? What are these guys doing to get so ridiculously strong? And I happened to come across the website of a guy named Josh Bryan, who at the time was. One of the best uh, young lifters in the sport of powerlifting. He had just become the youngest, youngest person to bench 600 pounds in a competition. I think when he was 22 or 23. Also had an 800-plus uh, pound deadlift to go to it. Uh, I think a 909-pound squat as well. Josh is just an unbelievably strong guy. Very knowledgeable as well. So I reached out to Josh through his website uh, just to ask him some training questions. And he sends me a response. And at the end, asked where do you live? I told him, well, I'm in Arlington, Texas. And he sends back and said, well, I'm just about to move there and start training there. Do you want to train with me? And so I got presented with this incredible opportunity to, to work with, uh, work with one of the best in, in this train game at the time. So I took full advantage of that and then started training with them. So this is when I was 15, trained with them through the rest of high school, uh, took me from a pretty, you know, chubby, unathletic kid into, Squatting 500, squatting and deadlifting 500 plus pounds within a couple of years, benching um, in the mid threes pretty consistently. Uh, became Olsen, second team all state offensive lineman at a big school in Texas, uh, which was for me was a pretty big accomplishment. Uh, and then I moved to New Mexico for college, didn't have anybody to train with, and I went to a tiny liberal arts school. Tiny liberal arts schools are not known for having a lot of athletes around, and there was no athletics program either. It was just a small school with um, with a bunch of, you know, how, how many people went there? Uh, there's 400 undergraduates, 400 in the entire school. So they had, they actually had a decent gym, a decent weight room. And they had a couple bars that were, that worked, that got the job done and enough weight for it to, and racks to do what I needed to do, but I had nobody to lift with. And so people were kind of interested after seeing what I was doing. And, you know, they asked if I could show them how to do it. And I wanted people to lift with. So at that point I had to start figuring out how to, how to, show these people to do the basic lifts. And, and that's when my, my coaching career started. So it actually got popular enough. We grew this little group that started training with me into a, a small little powerlifting club. And we uh, got some guys actually to, to compete with me throughout the state of New Mexico. A couple guys even still to this day, many years after we've graduated, still compete in the sport of powerlifting, still lifting, getting stronger as a part of their, their regular lives, doing all kinds of other things. Um, and so since I left New Mexico, about five years ago now, I've just been training full-time, coaching full-time in Chicago. Started out at a commercial gym, was there for about 16 months, moved into a kind of private practice doing my own thing at a couple of independent gyms, consolidated that into a, a, a 
small powerlifting gym, which is where I met Brian, called a B&W gym on the north side of, of Chicago. And then um, Spencer and I hooked up about eight months ago um, to start to grow things a little bit with the end goal of, of opening up a new place. And that's what we did about four or five months ago up here in Evanston. And that's where we are today. Yeah, it's a great spot. This place is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really, uh, really happy for you guys. Um, so I guess I'll give my story real quick. Yes, my story was I was um, uh, just a really scrawny guy, scrawny kid. Um, got beat up all the time because um, uh, because I deserved it. I'm a huge smartass, honestly. But uh, I learned a lot about how to get your ass kicked. So I, I'm pretty much an expert in that. My sister used, my little sister used to beat me up all the time. Um, so I just kind of was kind of used to that. Uh, in seventh grade, I before seventh grade, I had a huge growth spurt. I was the height I am now. I was six foot one, and I was 135 pounds. So I remember that those numbers pretty vividly. And I just uh, my dad had always lifted weights, and so you know, similar kind of thing in the basement. I just kind of started lifting out, lifting out of the basement with him. And uh, sure enough, just a little by little, I noticed um, by the time of eighth grade, I remember I did a bunch more pull ups. Um, uh, my mile time improved, all sorts of stuff, just from just from lifting weights and stuff. So went into high school, and uh, we had a fitness and conditioning class, and our coach was pretty hands-off, to say the least. Uh, uh, coach Reedy, good guy, very, very good guy, but he paired basically the freshmen with the upperclassmen so they could learn from them. So I got paired with uh, my friend Jesse Vesna, who is still, who's still lifting to this day, competes nationally as an Olympic weightlifter. He teaches out of Arizona State University. Great guy. I actually just trained with him in February, and uh, because we're adults, we didn't plaster it all over social media. We just went in, we worked out, we got it done. Um, but it happened. So uh, anyway. You didn't record the whole session to put on YouTube. We did not, no. But I did hit a PR on my overhead press that day, so um, it was a good day. And he has his own like private little, private little lab, he calls it, but it's basically like three squat racks and stuff. So uh, pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, so I just got into lifting through him, and I remember we would be the last pair done because it took so long to change the weights from his to mine between sets. It was comical, but he was so patient, such a nice guy, uh, one of the nicest people in the world. And, you know, eventually I really got the hang of it and really enjoyed lifting. And, um, uh, yeah, so I played basketball and football in high school, and there's pretty much if you graft the amount of time that's passed to how good people remember being like, it always goes up exponentially. So I know it's been like 10 years since I graduated high school and stuff. And I remember being the worst player on both the basketball and football teams. So if that's what I remember, I probably could not even walk. So just to keep that in mind, because other people think that they won the state championship and they barely played varsity. So, uh, anyway, so then I got to college and I just really, you know, everyone hears when you go to college, you get out of shape, you get fat, all sorts of stuff. So I got really concerned about like, like, how do I maintain this stuff? So I fell down into, did a lot of running, wasted a lot of time with a lot of, uh, training programs for men's health and stuff. And eventually found this website, strong lifts, which, uh, I know Bill just cringed when I mentioned it. Um, but anyway, basically teaches the Mark Repito starting strength method. His programming is a little bit wonky. Um, but it was great. It was perfect. It was what I was used to. It was just the big basic lifts, and the philosophy philosophy was very simple. And I was getting hurt all the time running. I just trained for a 5K, and I was down. I spent most of college around 165 because I'm really cheap, and uh, food is expensive and stuff. And um, and I was doing a lot of running and stuff. So uh, I got back into lifting, and um, occasionally the track coach, Zed, would come down with the throwers, and he would give me some pointers and stuff. For the most part, it was just me lifting in a similar kind of school that Bill went to. And yeah, and I stuck with it and ended up finding B&W after college because we rented a really, really terrible apartment that 
uh, was right by this gym into the apartment. Uh, the landlord, uh, Frank Genevieve, shout out for renting us a place with bed bugs in it. And uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, happened to be right by B and W, and just kind of stuck with it since. And um, you know, various other kinds of programs, but kind of the similar philosophy, right? Of of just keeping it simple. And it's you know my favorite way to exercise, my favorite way to train, and. Uh, it's become really important. I actually feel weird when I don't train. Like I feel out of sorts. It's just kind of part of my life. And I do think it's kind of undervalued. And Spencer talked a lot about that as well, about, right, like the idea of just basically adding independence and adding quality time to your life and giving yourself the abilities to do that. And we've all kind of seen that. And what you've seen kind of from our stories is none of us are particularly exceptional when it comes to genetic endowment, right? Like none of us are seven feet tall or drop dead gorgeous. So like, no, if, well, that, if that were yeah. the case, yeah, yeah, speak for yourself. But yeah, if that, if that were the case we probably wouldn't be here, right? Right, exactly. Uh, (laughs) So we can vouch personally, and these guys can really vouch professionally for the simplicity and the effectiveness of the simplicity. Yeah, and surely every people have have at least some anecdote in their life where strength has been an enormous benefit to them, either in in some time of illness or, you know, in in some instance. But there's plenty of evidence now, and there's more and more coming out in the scientific literature, uh, lots of research and studies showing that in better strength, improved physical strength has a profound impact on your quality of life, especially for older, especially for older adults. The older you are, the more beneficial, the more important this becomes. And that goes for your flexibility, your balance, uh, and just doing everyday activities. It makes an enormous difference. Cardiovascular benefits as well has enormous cardiovascular benefits. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would mention that I, I spent years training, um, for a, uh, for 5k, like five kind of races kind of in college. And I took eight weeks off and just focused on strength training and then went back and ran the fastest mile I've ever ran in my life. So, I mean, funny how that works. It is funny how that works. Now, obviously there's some little bit, I probably wouldn't have ran, ran a great 5k, but there would have been some trade-offs, right. But I had better leg strength and better capacity, right. So sure. I finished this first mile real fast. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of carryover than stuff you don't see in other types of activities, which is why it's great for the general population. And, and going back to the, the cardiovascular thing, um, we'll have people who just start and they, they get to finally a, you know, maybe a relatively heavy set of five on maybe the deadlift or something. Um, and they get, you know, they set the bar down and stand up and they, they say like, oh man, I'm out of breath. And so, you know, they're like, you know, I never thought lifting weights for sets of five, I would get out of breath. But um, there is that that carryover, so it requires yeah, it requires a lot of exertion, just like any kind of short, intense bout of exercise, yeah. regardless of what it is. You know, we, uh, you know, we're big fans. If you are going to do cardio, of doing some kind of high intensity interval training, you know, short, quick bursts that require a lot of effort, a lot of energy, just like weightlifting, right? Yeah. So whether that's pushing a sled, whether that's doing some sort of quick set of body weight movements. Um, some people like doing different forms of, of boxing, like just working a heavy back, something like that. It's, it's all very similar and that's, yeah. yeah. So I guess that brings me to kind of two questions before we wrap up here. And so we've talked a lot about squat bench press or bench press overhead press or bench press. Uh, so how come the starting strength method and you guys in particular don't, you know, s- subscribe to a bunch of, uh, accessory exercises like leg extensions or, you know, uh, preacher curls, all that kind of stuff. Deltoid raises. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. There's, it, there's just not, not a lot of, you, no you, you can only add weight, uh, so much on a leg extension, you know, uh, well, we're looking you know, so we have, we can talk about sort of the, 
the three things that we want out of out of all the exercises sure. you know, we're we're looking for you know we want to do you know big big ranges of motion right we want you to be able to to move a lot in each of these exercises so you know we're looking at you know a leg extension machine versus a, a barbell squat obviously the range of motion the more you're going to be moving a lot more in a squat a lot bigger range of motion than just a, a leg extension see the leg extension um, so we want you to move a lot a big range of motion we want to use as many muscles as possible in each exercise as well so go back to the leg extension versus the squat the leg extension you're only using the the muscles on your thighs your quadriceps right there squat you're not just using your, your quadriceps but everything you, you have to keep your your midsection locked into place so that's going to use all the muscles of your back of your torso your abdominal muscles and then in your legs not just everything on the front of your thighs your quadriceps but you have to use your hamstrings your glutes your the muscles of your groin everything between the bar and the floor has to be called into place so you're using almost all your muscles in your entire body and then on top of that we want to be able to move as much weight as we possibly can too because getting stronger is just moving heavy things and the way you get better at moving heavy objects is practicing moving heavy objects so with a leg extension you're probably not going to use a lot of weight if you try to you're going to get hurt we can pretty much guarantee that with the squat it's a big range of it's a very big range of motion using many muscles in your body as you possibly can you're going to be able to move a lot of weight and that's how you get stronger and that's how we decide what exercises we want so we simplify that down into uh the squat big basic move the most fundamental of the lifts the most coordinated requires a lot of coordination it's the hardest to learn um but we we've had a lot of success teaching everybody that comes in here how to squat um, just a big heavy push which is going to be the press we also throw on the bench press as well and then the biggest heaviest pull movement that we can perform with the body which is going to be uh, the deadlift and so all the programs regardless of how long people have been training are going to revolve around those basic exercises now sure as somebody trains for a few months at a time they get stronger they get they start to advance as a trainee there'll be a time and a place for a little bit of variation but not so much and the variations are probably going to be some uh, modification of one of those basic exercises it's not going to be something totally different nor does the program not ever focus on those basic exercises you get the most bang for your buck that's what's going to get you stronger to stray away from that or to look at uh, exercise variation as the key to progress is is just not going to cut it i think another thing to think about is um this, you brought up leg extensions uh, as opposed to like a barbell squat um as far as being applicable to real life situations um if you think about a leg extension and the movement how often do you do that ever in you know daily life right just moving one leg so a squat is right is literally going down and coming back up so this i mean this can be somebody who's older getting out of a chair or an athlete jumping right um deadlift you're pulling heavy things off the ground right helping someone pick stuff up um all these things are can be applied to real life situations in which it could help you so real life's never real real life's never split up into chest days and back days. Exactly, exactly it's always about moving through the full range of motion and it's the same with sports and the same with any everyday activity so for your so those are the kind of the exercises but then as far as programming goes you guys i mean what's the reason you guys don't do 10 sets of 10 or 20 sets of 15 or all that kind of stuff simply because it's you know we've we found something that works for everybody and so we 
we stick to what works. You know, it's, it's as simple as possible. Um, you know, the novice program that we, that we talked about earlier, that's known, um, mostly on the internet as the starting strength program, the novice linear progression, that novice program that we have, all we have you do is perform on one day. You're going to start with your squats then you're going to press, do overhead press, and then you're going to deadlift for the squats and the press. You're going to do three sets of five, the deadlift, you're going to do one set of five. Then you take one to two days off, come back in, start with your squats all over again. You're just going to add a little bit of weight anywhere between could be one pound, could be half a pound, could be as much as 10 pounds from that, that last session, add a little bit of that weight to the bar. Then we'll have you alternate with the press with the bench press. But the same thing applies. You're going to do three sets of five there, adding a little bit of weight from whatever you did in the last workout. And they'll have you deadlift again and maybe somewhere down the road, just have you do chin-ups on that extra day. Again, the point being trying to add a little bit of weight every single time you come into the gym. And you can ride that progression out for anywhere between three to six months at a time, maybe a little bit longer. And if you look up starting strength, I think, you know, five will become a, a pretty common theme as far as number of reps. Like Bill was saying, you just need to create that stress and recover for the next workout. One, you know, if you're doing singles or doubles or triples, doesn't seem to be enough volume for a novice to recover. At the same time, um, they're learning how to do this, you know. So if you throw a heavy triple on their back, it's probably not ideal, right? And then you have, you know, sets of 10, 12, 15, which at that point is just kind of nonsense. Yeah. So you're just, we're just looking for the right amount of work to keep the progress going, but we don't want to do too much work that you're not going to be able to recover from it and do it all yeah, over you again. You can't so walk just, for three days or something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to, and this, that's part of the reason for that is because this is part of a process. So one thing that differentiates starting strength, the, the entire organization, the program, the whole model is that it's about long-term progressions. It's all thinking long-term. And that means that we're training. We're very specifically, we're training, for increased strength it's not we kind of kind of divide between training versus exercise and when we say exercise we mean that's pretty much anything that most people do in the gym so that's your your group fitness classes like a like a body pump like a zumba for example where you go in and you're moving around dancing around throwing around a bunch of light weights just to sweat get the endorphin rush feel like you've kind of done something but are each of those workouts part of this pre-planned process with a specific end goal in mind? Well, not so, not so much. So what we care about is what we have people train for is strength. And we have a process for that. We have a very specific way of going about that. It's all part of a, a plan and with a goal in mind. And, you know, and then as you know, we have some people that do uh, a little bit more advanced, they do powerlifting meets. And then after you're done with the novice phase, things kind of change. And like Bill was saying, you can do um, different parts of the big exercises, but we don't really have people do, um, smaller, you know, single muscle group exercises, if you will. Right. Because for most people that sort of body part split where you're just doing working individual muscles one day at a time just doesn't work. That's, right. that's not enough work to create long-term process, progress rather. Now, anything we should say that anything will work for somebody that's totally new to exercise or to any, any kind of, of strength training that's known as the novice effect. So for example, if you were sedentary, if you didn't do anything for years and years, just kind of sat on your couch, watched TV a lot, didn't do a whole lot else. If you just started riding your bike, riding your bike would be enough to make your squat go up because yeah. all of a sudden you've gone from doing nothing to something. So 
your body's got to kick it up a gear. And, adapt and I think to that. I told Bill about a, a study that I stumbled upon uh, earlier this week that they took like, uh, I don't know, I think it was like 12 sedentary women and they had them do low weight, high reps, and they measured uh, bone density, right? It went up. You know, they did it for like 12 weeks yep. and it went up. Uh, these women were sedentary, <laughs> right? So like Bill's saying, anything at that point with a little bit of resistance would have helped. Um, yeah. It just, we think that this is just the best way to do that. Yeah, the question is just for how long does it work? And so right. we, we talked about before, this is, this is something that, especially the novice program can work for you know, at, at least six months at a time. Younger people or people that start out very low or very detrained could ride it out for even longer than that. And that's kind of the hallmark of a good program is how long can it keep producing progress? You know, if you just did something for 10, 12 weeks at a time and then shifted and did an entirely different program that trained something, you know, you have a totally different goal in mind. Yeah, you're going to make a little bit of progress because you're doing something different every single time. But if the goal is increased strength and you're pursuing that for months or even years at a time, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to see if it's working or not, right? It's, is there more weight on the bar? Are you moving more weight than you did last time or you did a couple months ago? Right. It's quantifiable. That's, that's how you know. Exactly. You get, it's, quanti it's quantifiable. So these guys talked a lot about progress and process and how it's important for people to distinguish between exercising and training. And training is more beneficial because it helps you build towards a goal. And the most important goal being getting stronger because stronger has carry over to all sorts of other things. So I guess my final point that I just want to ask you guys to clarify is, uh, is this safe? Yeah, it's a hundred, hundred percent safe. The reason is because the movements are natural human movements. These aren't any kind of extraordinary uh, exercises that we want you to perform. These are, these are things that anybody you're, you're moving through normal perform. ranges yeah, of motion. These are, these are normal know? ranges of motion. We're not forcing you through. Um, any kind of, uh, you know, we're not forcing you through extreme ranges of motion. Um, we're not doing anything that you probably don't already do on a pretty regular basis. Like most people have to reach for things above their head, far above their head pretty regularly. People have to bend over. People have to sit down and stand back up pretty regularly. Those are just the most, those are just those movements with, the a little most bit of optimal, with a little bit of weight added in the really the most optimal way we could we could have them do it. Um, it's normal human move with a little bit of weight. Um, I guess any, a, a little plug for us that so here we're coaching every single person that comes in the gym. Um, so we're watching, we're making sure things are being done safely, efficiently, effectively. Um, I, a little plug for us, I guess there's only what 122 starting strength coaches in Somewhere the world. In yeah. Um, so if you're going to do this, find somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, a starting strength coach is a good person to find, but there's, there's other people that know what they're doing. Just if you jump straight into it and just throw a lot of weight on your back and start squatting, there's potential for injury, but you know, just make sure you're doing it correctly. I guess is, is my point. Yeah. The exercises themselves are not unsafe if they are improperly done right with a heavy weight in your hands or on your back then they could be unsafe they could lead to injury i, I think that's where things get misconstrued as absolutely. far as the general public but in the hands of a qualified coach who knows how to teach these movements who knows how to program them correctly especially for um like more uh, older populations younger kids as well or people with some sort of uh you know injury or illness that you got to work around now there's nothing unsafe about the movements you just got to find somebody that that knows what they're doing yeah yeah absolutely uh this is great so that concludes i think our intro episode of average strength 
just a quick note, this is not CrossFit. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon.